that my silence spoke at all. is heating up folks greetings and salutations welcome back to pod is war pod is war is brought to you by the good folks at chair shot radio network in conjunction with thechairshot.com always use your head use your heads wrestling fans wrestling is cool again if you haven't gotten the memo what better way to show everybody that hey i'm a cool guy then to come outside with your favorite wrestling shirt from your f- favorite wrestling website. You want to do that? Want to know how? I'm glad you asked. All you got to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash D Chair Shot. Pick up your official Chair Shot t-shirts. We've got Save Tag Team Wrestling. We've got Baron Corbin Sucks, which apparently Paul Heyman thinks he does too because we ain't seen him in a minute. Uh, we've got my favorite, of course, Jesus Did the Job. And we've got a lot of cool designs on there. Old school, new school. Need to know something. I was trying to go some biggie, but it, that didn't work out well. Either way, man, make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. Folks, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt, and as always, I'm joined by the illustrious Mr. Andrew Snowflake Balls Balaz, who, curiously enough, is, I think, think being the key word, still a wrestling fan after having to consume so much Japanese wrestling. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Was, was that in, in question somehow? Like, how, how does me consuming so much Japanese wrestling make me not a wrestling fan? Well, Tell you, me. You know, how, well, you know how Asian cuisine is, man. You eat a little bit, and then an hour later, you're hungry again. That is true. So that should make me more of a wrestling fan, because that means I'm just voracious and never satiated. Is that the case? I mean, I, I did have to top it off with a little triple mania this past weekend, so... I do, I do like my spicy stuff, too. Mexican food's good, too, man. That is called foreshadowing, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of foreshadowing, the shadowy figure in the background that you can't see, who is uh, maybe perhaps consuming some um, sticky of the icky, we should say, the moderator, <laughs> the commish, Mr. PC Tunney. I'm having a beer. He, he couldn't say it. 
anything because like I, I cut it off. He literally was putting the beer to his lips as I was introducing him, and then I cut it off right there just to see what he was going to do. And he, uh, of course, PC didn't disappoint. He dropped the ball. Yeah, now he's throwing this quizzical look up as if he didn't drop the ball. What did I do? I'm here. Ahoy, ahoy, y'all. I, I swear to God, PC, every time I see you, you have a different hairstyle. Like, your hair grows. Like, you can go bald tomorrow, and you will have, have hair by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What you do you want me to found say? found the fountain of youth, my friend. Oh, you it's... found the fountain of youth, man. What, what's your secret? I watched that Pirates of the Caribbean forum, the only one that fucking suffered through the whole thing. Oh, why'd you do that to yourself? Like, I skipped three and four, I believe. Are there Here. more than four? What number are they on now? I don't know. Who cares? That's the thing, man. I was done after two. I, I was done after two. After I after saw I was... Johnny Depp running in that fucking big fucking Ferris wheel looking thing, looking like a moron, I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> no, this is fucking stupid. I'm done. When, when I saw Jack wasn't going to get with the Kira Knightley character, I'm like, all right, we're good here. I'm good. Get your money, Johnny. But uh, Johnny don't like it either. That's why he spent thirty grand a month on wine, <laughs> trying to get the taste out of his mouth, man. <laughs> do you Too think bad he after can't do, like any other character now? Ugh. You think after and like the fourth five thousand dollar bottle, they just so send you know him a two hundred dollar bottle? Oh, sorry, I talked all over you. you. You did, but don't worry about it, man. I was just gonna say Johnny's. One of them actor actors, so you know that irks him that this is what he's doing now. Because he wanted them dudes like you know, if he's gonna play an astronaut, he'll go live on Mars for six weeks. Like he's one of them type actors, and now he's got to play this damn pirate character looking like Long John Silver. You're right. Too a lot of his stuff since then though just comes off like watered down versions of Jack Sparrow. Like, did you see Secret Window? I did not. That really just. Feels like he's doing Jack Sparrow just as a tortured writer who I think buried his wife in the backyard instead of a pirate. That's about it. He really ain't been shit, and the same goes for Tim Burton, which you know when since Tim since he became Tim Burton's muse, and they just insisted on working together and making these mediocre ass movies. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them has been the same. And, and I was a huge Tim Burton mark too, so I'm not trying to shit on him completely. Just what has he done good in the last what 15 years? I can't think of anything. Either of them. Like, Tim Burton, the last movie I liked from him was Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, wow. that, fuck, that fucking Willy Wonka fucking Garbage Factory fucking movie, Charlie's, whatever fuck it was, I fucking hated that. That might be the worst movie I've ever actually watched. You've never seen The Watermelon Heist, clearly. <laughs> no. No, I haven't, but I've seen The Sasquatch Gang. Thank, uh, thank God it. You haven't seen the watermelon heist. That's one of them ones I'm watching. I'm like, God damn, I hope no white people ever see this shit, man. <laughs> so is, is it a black exploitation film or what is it exactly? Um, I wouldn't call it black exploitation because it came out in the two thousands. It, it's just a really bad movie. Like it's these backwoods hick ass black people just ignorant and inbred and like they gotta raise some money because they're about to foreclose on their home because they're <laughs> government welfare check because their government welfare check hasn't come in so in order to try to save the home home they decide that they're going to rob this watermelon patch and sell the watermelons and that's how they're going to get the money until their government should come to stop the bank from foreclosing on their homes and oh my god i can't believe i just said that out loud to wake up. <laughs> that sounds so terrible i want to find it now I just, <laughs> <sighs> quick tangent right quick though man because Johnny Depp you know Pirates of the Caribbean Disney property Marvel Disney property 
in, in an alternate universe, could Johnny Depp have played Tony Stark? Now, I, I know, you know, Robert Downey is synonymous with that character, and he knocked it out the park. You know, because Iron Man was like a, a lower mid-carter before this whole Marvel universe started, and now he's a top guy. But could Johnny Depp have stepped into that role and played Tony Stark? Tony, you can take the first stop. Go. He's a DC guy, man. His thoughts are null and void. Oh, okay, fair enough. I'm still gonna. I'm well, gonna in that go case, side for this one though, because de- uh-huh. <laughs> Depp was never really like the playboy kind of thing. Like what? Twenty One Jump Street was like the last time he tried to play like the cute player type ish, almost, and he still wasn't the the, the uh, I guess the the rough and tumble more Tony Stark esque because that was his. his co-star so i don't know he just doesn't quite have that swagger like could he have maybe pulled it off maybe but i feel like if it wasn't downey jr it would have went to like a brad pitt or like a tom cruise or somebody just in that vein well you know women liked johnny depp up until maybe the mid-2000s when he started looking like a lesbian with leukemia but up before that time he was kind of he was considered like suave and cool and kind of Always, he always kind of went with that like hot topic chic thing, like Johnny Depp and Jimmy Havoc look a lot alike, and that's like sixty wow. men shopping hot topic. Wow. Never. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to go from there. I'm so <laughs> this man just compared one of the finest actors of the 21st century to Jimmy Havoc. I ain't talking about Idris Elba. I know. I don't. I would love to see how you compare those two, though. <laughs> Jimmy, oh my god, is that going to be the new game for next week, connecting Idris Elba to Jimmy Havoc? It's like Six I Degrees mean, of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> other than the British connection, I don't really know where else you can go from there. I'm not sure either. Maybe, maybe Pacific Rim can help. Uh, Rim job, I don't know. We'll figure that out for next week. Uh, other than the fact neither one of them is playing James Bond. Topic one. Oh, there you go! Yes, sir, we promised you a great day. Side note, Straight Up Steve Austin premieres after Raw next week on USA Network. Just so everybody Hell knows. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Can I get a hell yeah? Oh, yep. Oh, bro. Yep. All right. We won't go there again. But, um. <laughs> thank you. I was oh, for oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. The glass finally shattered. It's, you know, what is it? Is it the second biggest weekend, third biggest, whatever? It's right there, that Royal Rumble. It's SummerSlam time. Uh, gentlemen, SummerSlam, NXT Toronto. We got big names coming back. We got a great card for NXT. But let's start with the matches that haven't been made yet and how SmackDown ended this uh, uh, two days ago. I mean. Yeah, you've broken KFA. It's so much on here, man. Nobody gives a shit anymore, man. They know what it is. Just keep talking. <laughs> that was it. Go. I mean, that was the setup. There we go. Talk talk about Roman and then dovetail it into SummerSlam and, and next Jesus day. Christ. Another I'm glad we had a pre-show meeting. Tony transition. A great pre-show meeting. Yes. <laughs> we actually did, and you still managed to flub it. No, I kicked <laughs> it right to you, and you had to bring it up, and then Andrew had to retell you how we were going to do it. 
<laughs> That's called a pre-show meeting, sir. During the show. Okay, ah, okay, so that's... Uh, 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 whatever, man. Anyway, that's the Texas two-step, everybody. Now let's get on with the topic. Okay. All right. <laughs> These two funky Watusis in this melopharma. But anywho. <laughs> Always use your head. Wait, give us a hard reset. Thank you. Shout out to me. And only me. Oh, fuck. Balls, I, I have to admit, man, this build for this SummerSlam has uh, it's been weird. And, and you know, somewhat underwhelmed me. The card is good. Uh, obviously, they're going to deliver in the ring because they've got great wrestlers. But it, it just feels rushed. And I don't know why. Like, it just seemed like the timing of this event was off. I mean, it, are, are they going back to Saudi Arabia at the end of the month? Is that what it is? They have, like, a big something planned at the end of this month, and that's why I they, thought it was they had, like, a two-week build? That's a good question, but I thought the next Saudi show was, like, October or November. Well, not necessarily even Saudi Arabia, but are they doing any super shows in any on any other continents between now and September? Because that would make sense why there was only a two-week two week build to the second or third biggest show of the year. I mean, that that's a good question. The next Saudi show is Halloween, just so you're aware, just so we get the timeline straight. Oh, that's great, man. That's absolutely perfect. I know, it's going to scare the shit out of people. That (laughs) works on so many levels. It it really does, man. It's a WWE horror show. (laughs) So, according to this, Drew Gulak is saying that it was Rowan that was driving the car that killed Roman Reigns. Buddy Murphy said that. What's the difference? One still on 205 Lives. Drew Gulak, Buddy Murphy, Takira Tozawa, they're the same person. Wow. You're just cruiserweight racist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I just heard firsthand Drew Gulak, Buddy Murphy, and Akira Tozawa are the same person. Breaking news, back to Pod is War. He's the greatest worker in the business, though, because he figured out how to get three separate paychecks. Hell, I think he even wrestled himself on the Mania pre-show. That's amazing. Doesn't he need a fourth gimmick, though? Because didn't Mankind, Mick Foley, already do that? What, the four faces of Gulak? Who's the fourth one? Who's the fourth one? Who's the fourth one? Is it Enzo? Is it Enzo? I I got it. The four men of Murphy. (laughs) Is it Enzo? (laughs) Is it Enzo? (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Yes, it, now it is. I'm four different people getting four, well, three different checks, and you can't teach that. And they've all been cruiserweight champions, so that's just fantastic. Purple so belts he's for everyone. Got more title raise than Ric Flair at this point in time, don't he? <laughs> yeah, but Jerry Lawler <laughs> still got the uh, got the record on that one. <laughs> well, live Tyler, live Tyler, live Tyler, and Alexa champion. Bliss, live Tyler. Hey, Liv Tyler and Alexa Bliss, good for him. But yes, so yeah, you know, we were all under the the assumption, well, they played with us a little bit on this one because initially I think we all thought, okay, it's got to be Joe. They played with that a little bit. They did that weird thing where they said, oh, it was an accident. Nobody did anything. And then Joe came out to open Raw. I thought that was actually interesting. Then they did the thing where Joe went to challenge Roman and then the car crashed. Roman's dead. Commercial break, come back. Roman's still dead, but the car is fine. 
<laughs> Magically. <laughs> and, and now as of SmackDown, thanks to uh, Drew Buddy uh, Kira, now that he's saying Rowan. But the Rowan Roman match doesn't really make me moist at the second or third biggest show of the year. So I don't know. I still think we somehow get to Daniel Bryan here, but the way they've done it, it's been pretty convoluted. But um, if that's the match, it should be a good match. I can't see those two guys putting on a bad match. Um, as far as the rest of the card, Balls, is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to? Um, what I'm looking forward to, honestly, I still pop for Goldberg. That that whole swerve at the end of Raw, that did kind of kind of get me to go. Oh, okay, I'm a little excited now. Like, that but even that has been me, clunky. So I'm okay with it. It You're was clunky. It, it was, but I appreciated the fact that the faces actually got one over on the heels for a shot instead of just like, huh, you signed that for SummerSlam, but you're facing me on Raw, and now look who you're facing. And then Dolph Ziggler proceeds to shit himself. So I, w- I was amused by that. But to touch on the, the Samoans named Joe, I've always pop, pop. been a That's big good. proponent of as soon as as soon as Joe came up to the main roster, I wanted him and Roman to do like a Samoan SWAT team 2.0, especially because Roman still comes out in the vest, so they could actually take more of the official like SWAT team kind of look, and that would actually be cool if Rowan admits to doing it. Daniel Bryan then steps in and says, you know, Rowan's my buddy. You have to find a tag partner. It's going to be a handicap and match, and we're both going to beat your ass. And Roman apologized to Joe on SmackDown, said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I, I thought it was you, but we're cool now. And Joe did show some concern after the accident. So I would like to see, you know, the, the Samoans named Joe as a team. So Samoans SWAT Team 2.0. So what do you think about this Brock Lesnar-Seth Rollins build? Because, you know, it, 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 from all angles, it appears that they're setting up for Seth to conquer the beast or slay the beast again once again gain but i mean seth rollins as the top guy right now he's colder than eskimo pussy so i don't i (laughs) i I feel like they're setting it up for seth to come back because you know the odds are insurmountable and he keeps getting his ass beat by brock and you know he finds a way you know on the john cena side of the game you know but i i don't know if taking the title off of brock is the best thing right now or at least if you're gonna take the title off of brock i don't know if putting it on seth I, I I just don't know if that's what's hot in the streets. I, I, I'm just I'm just down on Seth right now. I, I I thought he would have a bigger impact as a babyface, but he's just not a babyface. I mean, he's got that whiny little shrill voice that makes you want to punch him in the face as is, and maybe his true destiny is as a maniacal heel. I mean, as we know, it's well documented amongst this show and raw reaction. When I was on that more more often, when I wasn't doing G1 stuff. I've not been a big fan of Seth Rollins in, initially. Like, I just don't like the character. I don't like the way he works. It's so it's so choreographed, even more so than the fact that wrestling is a choreographed, scripted, whatever the hell, you know, fake fighting, whatever words you want to throw in there. It's just so redundant in the way he does it. And he irritates me. The way he wrestles irritates me. And I just find it funny that people are, like, coming up in arms going, where did all of a sudden Seth Rollins hate come from it's like it was there obviously people just tolerated it because he was better than the people that they disliked let more they disliked him less like you know everybody hated Roman so Rollins looked better everybody hated Brock so when Rollins took it off him people popped because it wasn't Brock and now Roman's been pretty over because of the whole 
beating leukemia coming back and actually being booked fairly fairly well not like superman and looking a little vulnerable here or there and actually showing more personality so sets just being exposed and people just i don't know why they don't understand it but as for the match shit of course i don't want fucking seth to win i don't need a super seth i want brock to destroy him i want him to get stretched out honestly i think it would be a good use of the fact that you're bringing Goldberg back for SummerSlam, have him squash Ziggler, and then at the end have Goldberg square up with Lesnar and try to run that one back one more time, maybe for Survivor Series or for Halloween, you know, Halloween Havoc in the Sand or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> and then, then, then we can see where that goes, especially since I think, as I said a couple of weeks ago, Brock is the only one to hold it twice, now three times. He's the only one to hold it more than once. Throwing Goldberg into the mix, that that's at least something. You know what I mean? Mixes it up. They actually had decent matches together, even though they were only five minutes long, but they were still decent. So I mean, that, that's where I'd like it to go. From a box office standpoint, yeah, Brock and Goldberg, Brock and Berg, yeah, I, I could dig that. I just thought the story they told a few years ago was perfect. It was so beautifully perfect, and I would hate for them to go back on it and, and find a way to fuck it up, which they probably would. Uh, going up and down this card, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. They haven't had that match that I know that they're both capable of having yet. Uh, perhaps this is the time. And I'm not just talking WWE. I remember I went and saw, I uh, sought out a uh, a indie match that they did back in either 14 or 15 on YouTube. And even that match didn't do what I thought it was going to do. So they've got it in them. Maybe this is the time where they, they pull it out. Um, it's going to be a hot crowd, obviously. Toronto is always a hot crowd. Uh, Natty and and uh, Becky. Becky's yeah. been booked as the heel this entire time until last week when Natty finally did some heel tactics. But she's going to be she's going to get the heroes welcome. So they know what they were doing there. They were playing both sides of the fence on the uh, excuse me, nineteen ninety seven gang warfare WWE side of the game. Um, what else is there? What else am I missing? Amber and Bailey. Like I said, what else am I missing? I wasn't um, sure if that did anything for you because you Kofi know both and Randy. can work, so it could be an okay match. It should be. It could be an okay match. I just think the crowd is going to be cold for it. I could see that being like one of the buffer matches between two of the more emotionally charged matches. Randy and Kofi should be pretty good. They've done a really good t- job mm-hmm. telling that story, and I mean that story is what ten, eleven years in the making. So I like how they've harkened back to how this all began. It just it, it's been played very well. Agreed. Then there's what Bray else? and Finn. Yeah, and it's ironic because this would be the perfect time to bring out the demon, the fiend versus the demon, but you can't have Bray come back and lose his first match. That's just not, no, let's not go there. If they build it right, it could be fine because Finn might just be taking him lightly like he's still the same old Bray that he beat a couple years ago when he was about to do Pumpkin Demon and AJ Styles had to step in and he'll realize the Fiend is stronger than what he's used to, try to bring out Demon, and then Bray beats the Demon and then he goes on to his little vacation hiatus that people have been saying he wants. And I mean, you know... It, it it should be a good ma- it should be a good card rather and I mean I'm just looking forward to having some wrestling on Sundays man there's no NBA I'm coming back to the NFL but you know that's still a few weeks away baseball isn't far long enough yet as the last time I checked the Indians were four back but first in the wild card but you know we still got another month before I actually give a damn what's up with uh, your pitcher throwing one over center field say it again what's up with your pitcher throwing one over center field 
Well, we got his ass out of there, and we went and got Puig, so he, that's a non-factor at this point. Plus, Bauer ain't <laughs> been good anyway, man. He ain't been good for a couple of years. He ain't been good since he won the Cy Young. Because he was hurt last year, like he split his finger open and all some goofy shit during the playoffs, and he was ineffective. And when the Astros mollywhopped the Indians, oh boy, <laughs> anywho, back to that. Nobody gives a shit about baseball here except for Tony and I. Um, um, NXT. So we're doing six matches this time as opposed to the five. Obviously, this is going to be a great show because NXT always delivers. Even NXT is like pizza. Even when it's not that great, it's still pretty good because it's pizza and it's NXT. The match that most intrigues me, obviously, is the triple threat with Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong. A couple of talking points that I had going into here, and, and boss, you can respond or do whatever the hell you want. You're grown. Um, I can <laughs> see a scenario where Undisputed Error leaves out with all the gold at the end of this evening. And number two... What do you think is going to be William Regal's stipulation for the third fall, fall rather, of Gargano and I was about to say Chappa? Cole. Adam Cole, baby. Honestly, I, I have no clue. I have not followed this very closely with everything I've been doing for New Japan and the G1. And aside from exactly like you said, the triple threat match, none of the rest of these matches really make me moist. Like, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, okay, Io's heel, I don't know how they're going to do that, if they're just going to have Io destroy her for the new gimmick, or, you know, because she's a bad guy, then she's going to lose and build up Candice, who knows. Mia versus Shayna should be okay, but Mia's streaky, sometimes she'll have a good match, sometimes she won't. Uh, the tag match, I don't care about any of those teams, so that doesn't really do anything for me. And I'm si- I- how often can you really run back the same main event three times in a row like they did the same thing with Ciampa and Gargano and people started complaining that it got old and it did get a little old this you go from triple threat or two out of three you go two out of three to a normal match back to a two out of three with some gimmicks and some like I don't know maybe the build's been okay I haven't heard anybody say the build was like anything special but I don't I don't care like Gargano's good Cole's okay like they don't they don't do anything for me so I hope the match is good be all right, but we got As a WCW guy, I can't believe you fixed your face to say some goofy shit like that. How many times did you get Flair and, and Sting, or Flair and Steamboat, or Luger and Sting in a Come row? On, man. Or not that many times in a row. Come on, man. Oh yeah, you're right. Because when it was Flair and Sting, yeah, they broke it up a little bit with Sting versus the Black Scorpion, right? Well, Sting got hurt, so then it was Luger versus Flair, and then Flair dropped it to Sting at some point, and then he'd bring in the Four Horsemen versus Sting's little army when, like, RoboCop saved him and shit like that. So they'd at least introduce other people and just keep the main event kind of the same, but it wouldn't be the same two guys back and forth. And we've already been over this. I wasn't a big fan of that first two out of three falls match anyway, because it got way too indie on the third one, which I'm pretty sure we both agreed with. So oh, we definitely agree. Yeah. I like their second one much better than the first one. I put that second one on my short list of match of the year candidates, but yeah, that first one, I'm, I'm cool on that. I don't like the stipulation either. Uh, maybe they could have done a steel cage or a hell in a cell or something like that. I'm not that excited about them going back, but yeah, they're still two very talented guys and I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, that that's good for you. I mean, oh, well, that, that wasn't meant sarcastically. It well, really it sure wasn't. But like it, it did sound like it. That's why I wanted to clarify. But the same thing. Like, I don't like the reuse of the same gimmick that the whole thing started with, especially when the first 
one wasn't that great because of just how ridiculous the third fall got. And I don't know. I, I hope they don't just gimmick the shit out of it. I hope the third fall isn't something ridiculous. But uh, I, I'll, oh. I'll say that the shows usually aren't bad. Take you know takeovers. I don't think there's ever been like a straight up bad takeover. So oh. it's not like I'm going to shit on the product, but I'm just I'm not super excited or nothing's really got my imagination. Oh, so that's why you're still single, because you hate reusing the same gimmick. I get it, I get it, I get it. I understand. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of condoms. What can I say? I'm not talking about condoms. I wasn't talking about that. You took that a totally different way. Uh, what I was going to say is, <laughs> man, when, when you are used to the same gimmick, sometimes you, you got to add some stipulations in there, man, to spice it up for the audience. Um, okay, out of these two shows, what match this weekend are you most excited for? <laughs> uh, the the block finals for the G1. Oh, wait, what? We, we still okay, talking? out of... These two shows. Oh, the, shows. these specific two shows. Not <laughs> these two shows. Over the weekend. Oh, oh, Orton Kofi. That that's probably the one that I care about the most because it's the one with actual build and storyline that makes sense. That's true. And your political spiritual brother, Mr. Uh, Maga Orton. I get that. That oh, makes oh, sense. Yeah. yeah, my spirit yeah. animal right there. Oh, right, Andrew in the house. <laughs> <Damn right>. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Yeah, yeah. Did you have something to say before we move on? I'm not excited at all about SummerSlam. And if you want to know more about that, tune in to, yes, the DWI podcast is happening this week. There you go. You know, I really hope you have Jesse from Saved by the Bell as like a sound clip before you say your piece on DWI and just like, I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Man, who knew diet pills were so treacherous? (laughs) I know. The 90s, man. Fuck. Pop. This bitch a size zero, man, but she OD'd on diet pills. What the hell, man? Hard life, what can I say? I guess so, man. It's tough growing up in Bel Air. <laughs> that's, that's the wrong show. You're 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 combining the Fresh Prince and Saved by the Bell now. Jeezy crazy. No, 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 Bayside High School, I'm pretty sure it was located in Bel Air, California, sir. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it was just a fictional city in California. Okay, well, why you lead us? Okay, but the fictional city was based off Bel Air. Fine, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever no, gets it. Whatever. Can we just move the question what, too? Yeah, whatever gets us to topic too. Bro. Like, I'm all in on the bro. Seriously, the only thing I need is for him to put some fucking shoes on because let's let's face it, it didn't work out for Rusev, and Rusev is way tougher than the bro. But, gentlemen, let's talk about. We'll go there, but go on. Well, I don't know. What Rusev's thicker? You know, you feel like his bones are, are harder and, you know, etc. Anyway, this is not what we're here to talk about. Oh, boy. Not yeah, we're not talking about how hard Rusev is, Tony. You want to calm down a little? Yeah, I don't give a damn about Rusev nor his hard boner, okay? <laughs> Quick, let's call Lana and find out. We need a consensus here. Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> <sighs> that being said, <laughs> I think Matt Riddle has potential. How do you feel his back talk to the legends 
will affect uh, his, his moving forward, his progression, his loud mouth backstage. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. That's a, that's a good question. And I was thinking about this topic when we started talking about it yesterday. And it, I'm in a weird spot with it personally. Because I, I understand how the business works. You, you you cut your teeth and you try to take a take a shot at the big dogs or the legends sometimes or however that works. And then you fire back, make an angle out of it, however that works, however you want to do it. But I don't I don't know. Like I feel like I'm supposed to care, but Riddle just comes off dumb. And like picking fights with old people, that just sounds stupid as fuck to me. Honestly. It'd be it'd be like It'd be like fucking Mayweather talking shit about Tyson. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not at the same generational spot here. Sure, yeah, you have a legit background. You think you can kick everyone's ass. Good for you. Why, why are you picking on guys that just be like, all right, Lance Storm doesn't like the fact that you wrestle without fucking shoes. You don't like the fact he wrestles without shoes. Lots of people don't like that. Chris Jericho, just Jericho was putting out something from his book. And he got quote tweeted or whatever the hell it was. And Riddle took offense because he's trying to give advice that he doesn't like or some shit like that. And Riddle starts this thing about Goldberg. Who gives a fuck if Goldberg's put on a five-star match or if he's a technical wizard or if he knows how to do all these fucking MMA moves? How much money did he draw? How much money did he draw for WCW? How often do they come back to him when he's 50 years old? Did the, you really think anybody's going to come back to Matt Riddle with this current gimmick of just, you know, former MMA stoner dropout with no shoes? What, whatever the fuck this is. So, like, I don't I don't I don't get it. If, if he really gives a fuck about the five star, the four star, the melts or shit. Good for him. But nobody does. That's not professional wrestling. That is a very small aspect of wrestling, but that's not professional wrestling. So I don't know. Will it get him heat? Maybe. I don't give a fuck though. Matt Riddle comes off of like he's just a fucking idiot to me. So just for clarification, Saved by the Bell was based in the Pacific Palisades. <laughs> and I quote <clears throat> The Pacific Palisades is an affluent residential neighborhood tucked between the Santa Monica Mountains and the Pacific Ocean. So there we go. Okay. Where's we Bel got Air? That out the way. Where's Bel Air? It- well, shit, man, if you want to know that bad, you look it up then while I'm talking. Oh, is it in the Pacific Palisades, motherfucker? Because then all you did was it's prove yourself Aranga, Aranga. Yeah, I said California. Look, it's by Brentwood, and Brentwood is by the Pacific Palisades. And, and, and Bel Air, I think. Knows how to party. Bel Air is near Santa Monica. It is... On the west side of L.A. in the foothills of Santa Monica Mountains. So it's California in the area that I'm talking about. Knows how to party. Yes. Let's not ever do that again. But <laughs> <laughs> getting back to Matt Riddle. Uh, let me say I agree with Tony, man. I, I, I like Matt Riddle a lot. I think he's full of potential. He can be a huge star. Part of that stardom is the Bro. fact that he's credible because he was a fighter. Thank you. That was unnecessary, but cool. And I like his... Bro. How can I say this? 
thank you. That gave me time to belch, actually. You actually helped me out there. I just... I thought it was coming. It's coming, I know. I really just think he doesn't give a fuck. And I dig his not-give-a-fuckness. Now, I can understand why, you know, him mouthing off to some some of the legends have rubbed some of the legends the wrong way as evidence of him mouthing off to some of the legends and it rubbing some of the legends the wrong way. Like, I, I totally get that. And this is a business that's built on tradition and respect and paying homage to the ones that came before you, especially if they're just trying to give you some game. I, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Um, DeMarco, our commander-in-chief, Greg DeMarco, he made an interesting comment in our private DM a couple of days ago. He said that that him mouthing off like that's probably not the best thing, and it's going to give him some give him some side eyes from the people backstage, which I can totally see that happening. Uh, you know, I and at the same time, I can't be mad at somebody trying to make a name for himself. He, and I, I, I get it. I just don't think that his criticisms were valid. I think he came across a little bit as a, a petulant child. But one thing that I respect him for, you know, he challenged Goldberg to a fight. He challenged Jericho and Lance Storm to a fight. He didn't want that smoke with Booker T. So that lets me know he's not an idiot. He's a highly intelligent individual. He didn't want that Booker T smoke. Even though he talked a little grease about Booker, he didn't want that smoke with him. So I get that. But, yeah, I... You know, Matt looks bad right here. I'm not mad at the guy. Maybe, he, I don't know, maybe he's plotting a heel turn or something like that. I can't really see him being a heel, but I, I don't know, man. He just, you got to pay your dues, man, and, and show respect to the ones that came before you. And quite frankly, I think Jericho might take you out. I ain't going to lie. Jericho ain't no hoe, man. He took out Goldberg. Exactly. He took out Goldberg and got in Brock's face, was ready to throw down with Brock. And you, my friend, are no Brock. Goldberg. Sorry about your ceiling. Nice work, man. Step inside to be the man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is a topic that I am very much excited about. WWE 2K20 is coming out. Uh, the trailer is out. The, the cover is out. I've played 2K19. I thought it was great. Uh, I, I specifically enjoyed where you make your own character and, and live through the storyline. And by the way, you come up through a BCW Federation that is at an Elks Lodge, which if you guys have paid attention to anything that I do around here is pretty familiar. Um, but the topic of conversation is the commercial, which we just played there. Apologize. You couldn't see it. Becky Lynch busting through stone cold ceiling, etc., etc. And the cover Becky and Roman, I believe gentlemen, your thoughts on the newest edition of the WWE video game. Number one, I don't, understand why you keep calling it stone cold ceiling like the metaphor was she was literally as a woman busting through the glass ceiling like that was the literal metaphor that was going on there i thought it was right cool. right but she played. 
Right, but she went up to Austin and said sorry about your ceiling. No, she went up to Hogan and said sorry about your ceiling. And no, then handed she, her no. whatever she was eating. Wrong. She went up to Austin first, and then she grabbed something to eat, bit it off, and threw it in Hogan's drink. She went up and to Austin and said sorry. She went up to Austin and said sorry about your ceiling. No, bro, that's not how that went. I. But thanks we, for playing. We can stop the whole show now, so you can watch it on YouTube, <laughs> motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. Either way, man. The met. Either way, man, the metaphor was her literally as a woman busting through the glass ceiling. I thought I'm gonna it was pull well it up on my phone I and play the it for you. That were in there. I, I especially like Velveteen Dream dressed like Colonial Williamsburg. I thought that was a nice touch, and, and yeah, that was a good. It was a good commercial. I, I know there's been a little bit of a backlash or controversy about Becky and Roman being on the cover, but I mean, who the hell else would you put on the cover? Come on, y'all. Like this woman just won the the first ever all-female main event of WrestleMania, and Roman is still that dude, man. It's still his yard. So who the hell else would you put on the cover? What, you're going to put uh, 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 Drew Buddy Tozawa on there? Is that what y'all want? That's really what y'all want? No, I just want to tell you, Chris, that you're right. Because I just watched the commercial while you were talking, and she picks up her little piece of food, says sorry about your ceiling, and throws it into Hogan's glass, and all Stone Cold does is watch as she kind of walks in and then she turns to Roman and then Roman says peace. So Chris, you were right. Yes, thank you. So go to hell, PC. Kiss I mean, PC's ass. watching it right now probably because he still doesn't believe two people. But No, no. <laughs> no. I, see, my whole thing is I don't know why people are up in arms about the cover. Oh, that's aside crap from they're because they got that. Austin right before that. God damn it. Now i got to edit this whole fucking But episode. she doesn't interact with him. So hi, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Chris is right. So, guys, WWE 2K20, how do you feel about it? You should be used to that by now, PC, Christopher being right. But go on, balls, please. People were taking this fake outrage kind of angle where they're they're going, Becky should have her own cover. Roman didn't do anything. What the fuck do you mean Roman didn't do anything? Roman beat leukemia. WWE was up for an SB for like the first time ever, which Becky was also up for. Roman won it, which means it's mainstream media. Now, Hobbs and Shaw shit aside, anything that was done for WWE, Roman got more over. People were reporting on him. It, you know, Forbes, ESPN, all this other stuff was treating it more legitimately because of the Roman story and because of Becky and Ronda and Charlotte's whole triple threat in the women's first main event so what, what exactly is the problem with acknowledging the two biggest storylines that you had all year leading up to the game instead of just inserting a random fucking wrestler that you feel like pushing like seth rollins with his brain dead fucking burn it down fucking thing from last year or fucking aj styles just because he's aj styles and he was like the new hot thing the year before that or however that worked or brock lesnar or whoever it was but like who the fuck cares? Those are hollow. This actually means something. Why can't people see the forest through the trees? Oh, bro, don't get me started on that. We don't have enough time to go in. Also, I wasn't media. sure if you had like a quick, just like idiom or you know thought on it. I'm just tired, man. Like I, I enjoy interacting with you guys on social media, but if you notice, I've been <laughs> kind of scarce lately on yeah, social media. Like you know, one of my my shoot jobs is a, 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 a online journalist, so I will peruse Twitter because news breaks on Twitter before it hits mainstream media or TV or anything of that. And I like interacting with you guys on, on 
Twitter. But other than that, man, that shit's a cesspool of just sad, angry people that ain't getting no buns. And it's just, it's too much, man. It's just way too much. I'm just tired of everybody on Twitter. The, the self-righteous, everybody, man. It's just way too much, but what else, man? And everybody's an expert. Don't forget that. Yeah, and, and by that by that very definition, if everybody's an expert, that means nobody's an expert. That's your idiom. There you go. Boom. And there boom, we go. Dynamite. And boom. That, boom goes the dynamite. That was perfect. Maybe the, maybe we should just cut to a cut to a something before we go to the next number. Maybe. Ah, uh, we got something, Mister Tunney. You want to cut to something? I don't know. Cut to something. Surprise me. Yeah. Well. Maybe. Maybe. Your opinion, man. You want to cut to something here? How about cut to this? Topic number four. ¿Y ahora qué está pasando, Hugo? ¿Qué pasó? Pues nos quedamos en la oscuridad con lo que está pasando ahora. Algo ha pasado aquí. ¿Qué es lo que está pasando en esta arena Ciudad de México? ¿Qué pasó aquí? Yo entiendo. Yo creo que tenemos un fallo. En nuestra disculpa, creo que hay un fallo en la pantalla. Espero que se pueda corregir. No entiendo qué es lo que está pasando en este momento. ¿Qué? ¡Es Aleapal! ¡Es Aleapal! ¡El Aleapal y sus hijos! ¡Aleapal! ¡El hijo de Aleapal! ¡Y Aleapal Junior ha llegado a Triple Manía! That was a damn fun moment, right? Right there, especially because there was all those stories that leaked out right before Triple Mania that L.A. Park got suspended again or whatever the fuck the story was. And then the lights go out and him and his kids are there just beating the ever-loving fuck out of Pagano after he won their Rumble and destroys the, the trophy, challenges him to a Lucha Extrema match. And I don't know for when because they never actually say when. They just put out the challenge. But... That that should be good. Maybe maybe it'll be for next Triple Mania. Maybe it'll be for the MSG show. Who knows? But yeah, there we go. Triple Mania. It's not just Japanese stuff I watch, like I talked about earlier with the whole wonderful foreshadowing. I like myself some spicy Mexican food too once in a while. And admittedly, I started watching the Triple Manias a couple years ago, basically out of morbid curiosity, because twenty five was god awfully terrible one of the worst fucking things i've ever seen in the history of wrestling and then i just had to see if it got worse or better last year was fun with vampiro you know cursing and farting all over the microphone like it, that was just good good times and this this was actually this was actually a fun show up and down a lot of spot fest shit so like maybe not highly rated matches but it was fun. There were storylines going on, like Hamburger Boy and the and Lady Maravilla was trying to like seduce him away from Big Mommy, and and they ended up taking the titles because she just nutshotted him after like feigning an injury. Then you got then it proved that the elite, you know, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are not over in Mexico. Like that match was dead as fuck, and until they posed for like obvious heel heat nobody gave a fuck about whoever they were and Kenny Omega doing the try hard fucking cleaner bad guy villain kind of promo for the mega championship no that comes off really childish and like you're just trying to pretend you're Jake the Snake Robert in your car bed when you're five <laughs> um Kane Velasquez looked like a fucking monster though he was fucked fucking amazing his first match pulling out a hurricane rana and like the Mexican arm drag it's just Good shit. Cain Velasquez looked fucking fantastic. And the the big main event with Blue Demon Jr. and Dark 
Dr. Wagner Jr. for the mask versus hair, the two legends clashing for family respect and all the other stuff. And that was a bloodbath. It was it was gory as shit, and I don't mean Guerrero. And, like, Blue Demon, the fact that he won by smashing a fucking cinder block over Dr. Wagner's head and breaking a finger or two, like, that was that was a fucking heated match. That was fantastic. It was good shit. Good shit all over the place. Chris, did you catch any of it? Any of that, like, any rundowns, reviews, whatever? He caught Jake the Snake. Uh, I, Jesus, uh, that sounded like Russo. I literally, I, I sought out Triple Mania because I, I know it was on a tele, was it, telenovela? Twitch.tv, stop it. No, 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 I'm talking about television, I'm not talking about Twitch. Was it, it was on Telemundo? No, Univision. No, no, not Telemundo, I don't even know if Telemundo still I don't even know Telemundo's still a thing. No, it was on Telenovela, which I guess is the top-rated channel in Mexico. And I just knew I got that. Like, you know, there's a large Hispanic community here in Atlanta. There's hella uh, uh, Hispanic channels on the television. And come to find out, I don't get any of them with my current <laughs> cable package. I don't get any of them. And so then I just I went to the, uh, on not on demand, but, the you know, the search engine. And I literally just... Just typed in Triple Mania and nothing came up. So unfortunately for me, I, I wasn't able to see anything. I, I did catch some of the recaps because I actually enjoy Lucha Libre, man. And I, I think if done correctly, it could catch on here. I feel as if you could show a Lucha Libre match to a non-wrestling fan and they would get into it. You know, it doesn't have the American psychology that we're used to in wrestling, but it's just fun, man. And, you know, a lot of guys flying around, there's a lot of hair and different masks and, and outfits and stuff like that. Guys look cool, like they look like action heroes or, or action he What the hell is an action hero? What, what what the fuck is that, man? What's an action hero? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Make your own thing up. You, you do that all the time. Fero. That's, uh, that's a feral pig, because that's a thing now for some okay. reason. Okay, yeah. And they're, uh, they, he, the feral pig got bit by a, a, a ferret and now has superpowers. So it's action pharaoh. Oh, so it has nothing to do about like emitting action pheromones or anything like that? Well, that could be one of its superpowers, man. This is a think tank right now, bro. Good. I like this. Action Work it out. Hero, emitting, yeah. the, emitting the action pheromones to just attract all of the bad guys to them. That's yes. Great. That's and then nice. They, yeah, and then they eat them or throw them in jail or do whatever they want to do. <laughs> Seduce them with flying head scissors and hurricanes <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Well, if done by the correct person, man, a flying head scissors could be uh, the art of seduction. This is fair. Oh, speaking of that, you actually did stumble upon a good thing, which you probably inadvertently did. But one of the the sponsors for Triple Mania... I know, I know. But one of the sponsors for Triple Mania was Unifone, and they actually did a little short in between the pre-show and the main show where they had Blue Demon Jr. basically reprise El Santo and Blue Demon like old school fucking like 40s 50s like detective gimmick movie and they had to fight like the mummy and the fucking swamp thing and all that other shit it was it was fucking fantastically cheesy it, it was so bad and they even like did a flashback like he was remembering something el santo told him so they went back to like the old black and white movies of him just like giving advice or some shit like that it was so comically bad it was fantastic and shout out to Conan, too, because AAA had fallen off for a minute, man. And when he came back and started booking, you know, he's brought in some of the Americans. And, I mean, AAA is popping again. So you have to give him a yep. shout out. He's a very underrated mind in this industry. 
which is hard to say because he's got his hands in like everything that's up and coming. Like part of the Impact turnaround is because of Conan. Part of MLW's turnaround because of Conan. Triple A's return to relevancy because of Conan. Like it's, it's you, hard to sell him short now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but when you think of the great minds in wrestling, you know the the, the, the obvious names going to come up: the Paul Heymans, the Jim. Cornets and right the Jim Ross and rightfully so like all those guys are legends in their own right but you got to throw K, K- Dog in there as well man you know not only was he you know a huge draw like this Miller Farmer was drawing a hundred thousand people down in Mexico City how many how many wrestlers today can say that he I, also was influential in brokering a lot of the luchadors coming up and and yep. you know that that whole style man that that whole luchador style between Ray and Huli and, and Eddie and you know uh, all those guys man. I, their their fingerprints are clearly on today's style of wrestling, and that's all on him. And and now he's got his hands in everything, you know, from MLW to Impact to AAA. Yeah, I, I just want to give him his flowers. That's all. That's my man. Good no, friend I, of the show. My very good friend, Conan. Damn right. Damn right. I mean, I, even I've talked to Conan a little bit because he likes to reach out to Twitter and people that listen to Keeping It 100. So Conan is a good guy, and he does a lot of legwork himself, too, which you wouldn't really expect with how busy he is. So a good man right there. Yeah. Fucking. And he showed me mad love when I met him. So, yeah, I can't say anything bad about him. And Amber was pissed because she's a Conan Mark as well. And she was pissed because she wasn't around when I, I chopped it up with him and got his picture. And she was pissed did, about did that. Did y'all take a trip to Iran while he was around? We did not, man. Oh, I, come on. I missed the trip to Iran. You know who went to Iran uh, was um, MVP and Alex Greenfield. They went to Iran with uh, Danny Hardcore Hudman and Big John Brod. I wasn't around for that either. I think I was off doing the girlfriend <sighs> thing. So I, I missed out on oh, that. that. That's a good excuse, but like, come on! If if it's Conan, you need to take that trip to Iran right there. Yeah, I know. Maybe next time. Definitely. And there'll, there'll there'll be a next time. Well, yeah. I mean, Conan's got his hands in everything. There has to be a fucking next time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, anything strike you that you want to keep talking about, or Triple Eight Mania basically just got a nice bow on it with oh thing I, I guess i forgot to mention was after the loss wagner got his head shaved because you know hair versus mask and he's retiring but apparently it's more like what liger's doing and it's a retirement strung out through like next year so he's not immediately retiring but he's basically just done and doesn't want to bring shame to his family and yada 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 after kind of losing his last two big matches fair enough fair enough yeah, shout out to Triple Mania. I'm gonna have to try to reach out and uh, see, you know, try to catch some of it a little bit. And I'm interested in the. I'm looking forward to the uh, climax of the G1 as well. That should be interesting coming down the stretch. Oh, that that definitely should be because we've got what Wednesday and Thursday are the almost the black the black semifinals. Then the whole weekend is the black finals, and Monday is the finals of the G1. So we're at the last five episodes and. Moxley sliding back. Okada finally lost one. Ibushi's actually within shouting distance, so it's probably going to be Okada or Ibushi for A Block. Moxley, Jay White, Naito. That's like a, a three three horse race in B Block, unless maybe maybe Ishi might be a dark horse. But yeah, it, it's it's gotten a lot more interesting since people finally started picking up losses. Any why comments? I, why do I think we're heading towards Okada versus Moxley in the Dome in January? Am I totally out of school on that one? You know, what, two weeks ago when we last did this, I said maybe a little bit, but there was actually a little report that came out, I think, yesterday that said Moxley's contract, or the way it's all worded out, is he still available to come back even after AEW kicks up? 
So maybe it's not as unbelievable as people initially thought. Maybe. I, I still don't 100% think it, but there, there's more validity to it. Well, if it happens, just remember you heard it here first, folks, because I think I floated that idea a couple of weeks ago as well, which is why you brought it up, correct? You did. Yep. Yeah, so we'll just just, just table that. Put a pin in that, man. Anyway, hey, everybody. Man, uh, PC's been trying to wrap us up for the last six minutes. Yeah, yeah hey, everybody. Yeah, next Sting... week, I'll be able to tell you if you're wrong or right, probably. Sting versus Undertaker, WrestleMania 2020. You heard it here first. Oh, I don't mean... do, do that, PC. Come on, Tony. Don't act like my track record is great. I mean, I'm not perfect, damn it, but you got to give it to me. Come on now. You got to give it to me. As much as you hate to do it because I'm such a dick when I'm right, you got to give it to me. And Sting versus Taker is probably not as bad if it always use your head. This is your boy Kenny well, the problem, boss. telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. I know you're going to talk about what you want to talk about right now, so go ahead because I don't want you to talk over this. So go get it out. You got you got like he's, he's three drunk. minutes. Go ahead. He's drunk with button power, man. What can we say? He is. No, he's just drunk. But um, <laughs> hey. no, all I was going to say was Sting ain't got no spinal fluid, man, so I don't know how you're going to make that work. I, unless the, the, some of that Saudi fuck money can uh, infuse his spine with fluid and bone, again, bone density. I, I don't really know how you're going to make that one happen. Maybe that hyperbaric water ninja chamber, whatever the hell it was that uh, Daniel Bryan used, could work for Sting. You never know. Yeah, he, Sting's also like 30 years older than Daniel Bryan. Well, 25. But, you know, he's the man called Sting. Because he can do this, and he can do that. Maybe that's what. It, maybe that's the that that he can do. Well, he's no longer strong as a bull, nor quick as a cat, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? Are you done? Are you done? We're done? You're done. Yes. I You're think done. that's a good fun to stop it. Are we done? Yeah, okay, we're done. Let me say this, Gordon. What you do in your life, you do with self-determination. I don't have all that great amateur background that 90% of the wrestlers today have. They told me, not only when I had the accident, that I wouldn't wrestle again. Every promoter in America throughout the world told me that I was not championship caliber because of that background. Well, I guess throughout the years that I proved to everyone in wrestling, whether they like me or dislike me, that I am made of championship caliber. Gentlemen, we lost one of the greatest world heavyweight champions of all time, in my opinion. Uh, a man who, who spread his knowledge uh, of the business to as many people as he could. Uh, I, I know of that firsthand and have heard many stories. Uh, we lost Harley Race, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's discuss and remember the greatness that was Harley Race. Andrew, PC. There's literally nothing that I could possibly say that hasn't already been said. I mean, this dude was one of the goats. He was one of the greatest of all time. A man's man, by all accounts. And so tough that even though he's transitioned now, he could probably still beat your ass. One of those guys. The funny thing about Harley 
is, and I don't think this is one angle that I haven't heard anybody else bring up, is that in his day, he was a high flyer. So you know how this just shows how much the more things change, the more that they stay the same. A lot of the criticisms that the old school guys have now of this newer generation, it was the exact same criticisms that the old school guys of his generation had of Harley Race. They, they said he had no psychology. They, they said his matches didn't make any sense. They, they said he'd be lucky if he was still walking by the time he was 35. Like, the same things that are being said now, they were said about him back then. Because he was, of his day, he was a high flyer. I mean, you guys know the, the flying headbutt and whatnot. He also, just me personally, he took the first table bump that I ever saw, which was a Saturday night's main event. I'm sure it's on the network. I can't remember what year it was, but it was a, it was a main event title match versus Hulk Hogan. I think that might have been the only time that they wrestled not at a house show, you know, on actual live or the mm-hmm. television or pay-per-view. And it was the first table bump that I ever saw. And, I mean, yeah, the, the, I, like I said, man, he, he's a legend, man. And this was a big one. Um, he, he had been sick for a while, so we can look at it from that vantage point, which is how I like to look at things, where, well, he doesn't have to suffer anymore. And he's on to a better place, and he's transitioned. And I think that's a great thing, that he doesn't have to suffer. And before I pass it off to Balls, I just have to say this, another angle. He probably had, or had rather, the greatest white afro I've ever seen. And for that alone, <laughs> that makes him a legend. But all jokes aside, man, shout out to the legend Harley Race, man. This was a big loss. That that was that was a good way to end it with a little bit of the joke. But yeah, I like I, I agree with you completely. Like everything that everybody said, the NWA put out the, the last interview that he did with. Magnus had their own, you know, highlight reel. WWE did it. There's been so many things been said. Like, it, it, it's hard to kind of really bring it to words, encapsulate everything he did. Like, he was, as you said, a little bit ahead of the times with some of his moveset. He, he touched, like, every territory that's important now. He was big in Japan. He was, you know, had his run down everywhere, Mexico, wherever that you could see it. Like, the NWA, he, he was a standard bearer for the NWA. That's why they kept going back to him. That's why he's the eight-time champ. Yeah, so, like, uh, it, it's 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 hard to really put into words. Like, late 70s, early 80s, it was all just flair and race, really. That's that's who the two really bounced back and forth between, who the belt really bounced back and forth between. And when when you put him into that category and he's always going to be in talks of one of the greatest mount rushmore whatever the hell you want to really say like race was race was a legend like in in the actual purest form not just bringing lip service to somebody who just happened to wrestle 40 years ago or something like that like everything about him even when he got older when he got to WWF he still managed to find a way to morph his character into something that still feel felt like Harley Race. It wasn't quite as man's man or rough and tumble, but it was a little little more lighter, a little more on the personality with King Harley and all that stuff. But it w- it was still good, and it was still something that people are going to remember and added to his legacy instead of subtracted. And you know, it's tough because, especially for younger fans, when you look back now. Perhaps a lot of those matches don't hold up well now, but you have to understand that everything that everything builds on what came before it. So 
it, it's almost like watching like a, a Richard Pryor comedy special or a Lindy Bruce comedy special. Like you might not laugh now, but then you have to look back and think about it. Everybody that's come after them built on the legacy that they made. You know what I mean? So I, and that that's where Harley is at this point in time. And I don't know, man. I'm just rambling now, man. It, it was a sad loss. I'm, I am glad that he's not suffering anymore. Uh, he left us with uh, many memories, not only from him, but just like you said, all the wrestlers that he's touched and that he influenced throughout the years. His legacy lives on. And you can't ask for any much more, man, to leave an indelible mark that your name is going to live on even when you're gone. And it, at, at the bottom line is, man, that's what this life thing is all about at the, the end first, of the day. The first king of the ring. True. Yeah. I was trying to give Harley a little bit of a moment of silence right there, man. Just out of respect. That's all. Now we're done. Okay, PC ass clown. Anywho, man. Yeah. Shout oh, out yeah, to yeah. Race, man. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Great shout way to pray. Let, Pick let up me, the moment, Tony. Yeah. Jesus, come on. Oh, let me shout just out be, to Harley Race, yeah. man. Oh, I'm the asshole here, right? Yeah, I'm the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and thank you. Admittance is the first step. Thank you to recovery. But yeah, shout out to Harley Race, man. Shout Happy out to Vince trail. Vaughn. And we'll, we'll see you on the other side, brother. Uh, Balls, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? You can find me at uh, the Twitter, at the IWC War Chief, and of course on thechairshot.com, covering all of the, the G1 fun. And as of the time we're recording this, there's still five shows left. As of the time it goes up, you'll probably see one or two accompanying, you know, pot of war but uh, that should be fun and that's definitely been a hell of a hell of a fun thing and interesting thing to cover the whole fucking thing from day one to day 19 or wherever we're at now so yo uh, y'all do do mr blaz a favor and y'all know how much i hate putting him over but this melon farmer really has he's been single-handedly covering this g1 shit for the chairshot.com man so do him a favor man click on his links man get his likes up and whatnot man he's earned it like seriously man and i as much as i hate putting him over i have no choice in this matter look out for him i appreciate that yo man i gotta give credit where credit's due man it is what it is as much as i hate it it is what it is now go fuck yourself you guys can find Thanks, me buddy. on twitter at the, at the real c plan <laughs> But more importantly than that, man, if you if you really want to show Andrew your appreciation and just an appreciation for everything that we do over at thechairshot.com, which is the premier site in wrestling for all things news, reviews, and analysis with attitude, bitches, then show us all a little bit of love and go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Pick up your official chairshot t-shirts. If you enjoy what we do, you like what we do, you want us to keep doing it, show us some love. Thechairshot.com, it's not just a website. It's a movement. Mr. Tunney, where can they find you, sir? Oh, you can find Except me. Except for on the softball field. Well, next yeah. to Sid Eaton. <laughs> True story. But you can also find me wherever successfully, uh, you know, productive moderators are found. Really? What, are you like get their water for them or park their cars or something? <laughs> <laughs> It's an unpaid internship. That's yeah, what it is. He's, yeah, he's, to, right. he's under the learning tree. <laughs> That's all right, buddy. You get there, man. You'll, I'm you'll not, get your moderator rings, sir. I'm not biting. I'm not biting. Go ahead. 
I'm not biting. <laughs> hey, guys, man, this has been a blast. For the Commissioner PC Tunney, for and- Alt-Right Andy, Snowflake Blast. <laughs> I'm Christopher Platt. Thank you guys for tuning in again, man. We'll be better next week, as we always are. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.